Chapter 95 There is no need to multiply the evidence to prove that this degree of rosy cross was skillfully introduced by the leaders of Masonry. The doctrine, its hatred, and its sacrilegious practices, exactly those of the Kabbalah, of the Gnostics, and of the Manichaeans, reveals to us the identity of the authors, namely the Jewish Kabbalists. Monsieur Léon Meurin, S.J., La Franque Maçonnerie, Synagogue de Satin, Paris, Rateau, 1893, page 182. When Les Mystères du Peuple appears and the Jesuits see that the ordination is attributed to them, they quickly adopt the one tactic not yet used by anyone. Exploiting Simonini's letter, they attribute the ordination to the Jews. In 1869, Henri Gougenot de Mousseau, famous for two books on magic, publishes Les Juifs, La Judaïsme et la Judaïsation des Peuples Chrétiens which says that the Jews use the Kabbalah and are worshippers of Satan, since a secret line of descent links Cain directly to the Gnostics, the Templars, and the Masons. Gougenot receives a special benediction from Pius IX. But the plan, novelized by Sue, is rehashed by others who are not Jesuits. There's a nice story, almost a thriller, that takes place a bit later. In 1921, after the appearance of the Protocols, which it took very seriously, the Times of London learns that a Russian monarchist landowner who fled to Turkey has bought from a former officer of the Russian secret police, now a refugee in Constantinople, a number of old books, and among them is one without a cover. On its spine it has only Jolie, and there is a preface dated 1864. This is the source of the protocols. The Times does some research in the British Museum and discovers the original book by Maurice Jolie, Dialogue aux Enfers entre Montesquieu et Machiavel, Brussels, though it says Genève on the title page, 1864. Maurice Jolie has no connection with Cretino Jolie, but the similarity of the names must mean something. Jolie's book is a liberal pamphlet against Napoleon III, in which Machiavelli, who represents the dictator's cynicism, argues with Montesquieu. Jolie is arrested for this revolutionary venture, he serves fifteen years in prison, and in 1878 he kills himself. The Jewish plot enunciated in the Protocols is taken almost literally from the words Jolie puts in Machiavelli's mouth. The end justifies the means. After Machiavelli, the words become Napoleon's. The Times, however, does not realize, but we do, that Jolie had shamelessly copied Sue's document, which predates it by at least seven years. An anti-Semite authoress, devotee of the plot theory and the unknown superiors, a certain Nesta Webster, faced by this development, which reduces the protocols to the level of cheap plagiarism, provides us with a brilliant idea, the sort of idea that only a true initiate or initiate hunter can have. Jolie was an initiate. He knew the plan of the unknown superiors and attributed it to Napoleon III, whom he hated. But this does not mean that the plan does not exist independently of Napoleon. Since the plan outlined in the Protocols is a perfect description of the customary behavior of the Jews, then the Jews must have invented the plan. We had only to reread Mrs. Webster in the light of her own logic. Since the plan coincided exactly with what the Templars wanted, it was the plan of the Templars. Besides, we had the logic of facts on our side. We were particularly attracted by the episode in the Prague Cemetery. This was the story of a certain Hermann Gürtsche an insignificant Prussian postal employee who published false documents to discredit the Democrat Waldeck. The documents accused him of planning to assassinate the King of Prussia. Gurdjieff, after he was unmasked, became the editor of the organ of the big conservative landowners, the Preussische Kreuzzeitung. Then, under the name Sir John Redcliffe, 
he began writing sensational novels, including Biarritz, in 1868. In it, he described an occultist scene in the Prague Cemetery, very similar to the meeting of the Illuminati described by Dumas at the beginning of Giuseppe Balsamo, where Cagliostro, chief of the unknown superiors, among them Swedenborg, arranges the affair of the diamond necklace. In the Prague Cemetery, the representatives of the twelve tribes of Israel gather to expound their plans for the conquest of the world. In 1876, a Russian pamphlet reprints the scene from Biarritz, but as if it were fact, not fiction. And in 1881, in France, the Contemporain does the same thing, claiming that the news comes from an unimpeachable source, the English diplomat Sir John Redcliffe. In 1896, one Bournon publishes a book, Les Juifs, nos Contemporains, and repeats the scene of the Prague Cemetery. He says that the subversive speech is made by the great rabbi, John Redcliffe. A later version, however, reports that the real Redcliffe was taken to the fatal cemetery by Ferdinand Lasalle. The plans revealed are more or less the same as described a few years earlier, in 1880, by the Revue des Etudes Juives, which publishes two letters attributed to Jews of the 15th century. The Jews of Arles ask the help of the Jews of Constantinople, because in France they are being persecuted, and the latter reply, Well-beloved brothers in Moses, if the king of France forces you to become Christian, do so, because you cannot do otherwise, but preserve the law of Moses in your hearts. If they strip you of your possessions, raise your sons to be merchants, so that eventually they can strip Christians of their possessions. If they threaten your lives, raise your sons to be physicians and pharmacists, so that they can take the lives of Christians. If they destroy your synagogues, raise your sons to be canons and clerics, so that they can destroy the churches of the Christians. If they inflict other tribulations on you, raise your sons to be lawyers and notaries, and have them mingle in the business of every state, so that putting the Christians under your yoke you will rule the world, and can then take your revenge. It was again the plan of the Jesuits, and before that of the ordination of the Templars. Few variations, few changes. The protocols were self-generating, a blueprint that migrated from one conspiracy to another. And when we racked our brains to find the missing link that connected this whole fine story to Nihilus, we encountered Rakovsky, head of the Tsar's secret police, the terrible Okrana. <laughs>